Got time for a quick story? When you hear pop and rock artists that have been around for a few decades, sometimes their singing voice doesn't quite hold up, and there are plenty of reasons why. Sometimes they haven't taken as good a care of their voice. Many times, they, especially if they're in rock music, they're, they're singing pretty loudly, and well, that's going to wear down your voice after a while. Sometimes biology hits you. It doesn't matter what you do. Vocal cords just aren't going to hold up. But for a good number, their voices sound really well-maintained into their 60s, into their 70s, and beyond. Mick Jagger's probably one of the prime examples. You hear Mick Jagger nowadays in his 70s. He doesn't sound like a 70-something performing. And that's kind of what I thought when I heard Tommy James's new album. It's called Alive, and it came out in June of 2019. And the first track I heard from it was his acoustic remake of I Think We're Alone Now, which has gotten into the top 30 of the Billboard Adult Contemporary chart. You know, he's, he's having a hit today in 2019. And I hear his voice, and I go, is that Tommy James? It sure is Tommy James. You listen to his whole album, Alive, his voice sounds really good, and he's been around a while, and he's singing as well as he ever has, and a lot of people are going to hear him sing at the Minnesota State Fair, which is the reason we're going to talk to him, because he's going to be performing at the Minnesota State Fair on August 26th. We're joined by Tommy James. Tommy James and the Shondells performing at the Minnesota State Fair, a little bit west of where I'm based in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. I'm going to be performing along with the Happy Together Tour 2019. Now, this is, is is this like the only show you're doing with the Happy Together Tour 2019 this year? Yeah, that's correct. We're just, uh, these are these are uh, friends of mine from way back. I haven't worked with them in so long. So the Happy Together Tour uh, is sort of opening the show, and then we're going to be on right after that. Nice. Of, of the acts, and it's Chuck Negron, Gary Puckett and the Union Gap, the Buckinghams, the Classics Four, and the Cow Sills. Yeah, they're uh, all friends of mine from way back. I'd like... How many of them have, like, you know them all, but how many have you worked with on, like, especially, who, who are you maybe, like, the closest collaborator with? Oh, gee, that's hard to say. Uh, you know, Gary and I have worked uh, a lot of days going all the way back to the 60s. Uh, Three Dog Night, of course, Chuck Negron worked with uh, Three Dog Night in the 70s. And, uh, wow, so, you know, I've, I've covered a lot of ground with all these people. It's going to be a great show coming up this Monday night. You also have a new album. You've got there. There is a lot going on with you this summer, so there's a whole lot to cover here in this interview. So I'm indeed. I'm going to start with the new music and the new sure. album, Alive. It came out on June seventh, and I like the variety on the album. And Thank you. We were sort of all over the place with this, right? And um, um, you know, I the, the new we did a new version of I Think We're Alone Now. That's going to be in a movie. We'll get to that later. But I, uh, it's out this week, uh, and it's number 27 on the uh, Billboard AC charts. I saw that, and, and we, we featured that on here on Greatest Hits 98.1. We have, have a weekly special called The Latest from the Greatest, and we highlighted that. And, and hearing that, I went, wow, okay, so what, what drove you to take this particular arrangement approach to that song? Sure. Well, you know, it's been something. It was originally presented to me that way, way back in 1966. 
and it was presented to me as a ballad, and I liked it, but we, you know, it just wasn't right for the for that moment in time. And so, um, uh, you know, we souped it up and ended up uh, putting it out with the with the big eighth notes, uh, you know, the doom 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 doom. Yeah. <laughs> and um, uh, so here we are, fifty three years later. Uh, and what what really did it for me was um, uh, the movie that we're doing. Um, the, it's going to be the closing credits to the movie. And it's a very somber moment in the movie, and uh, uh, it just felt right to slow it down and to do it acoustically. And uh, what's amazing is how the lyrics work, um, you know, with this very uh, somber story going on, uh, just as much as it worked back in, in 1967. So, you know, what can I say? I, it's, a, it's a song. You, you can't get rid of the song. It's like dandelions in your garden. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. And, and what's fascinating about this this year is twice now the two hit versions of the song have been remade in 2019. And I saw on your Facebook page that you ran into Tiffany that's, not that's that right. long ago. And I just so happened to interview her for our radio station of several weeks ago and was oh, asking really? her, yeah, and I was asking her about, hey, so you did a, a remake of I Think We're Alone Now. How did you take an approach 30-odd years later? Um, what, what do you think of Tiffany? What, what, what do you think of her remake of yeah, that? Yeah, well, I thought it was great. It's, it, you know, for, for the moment in time when it happened, which was 87, uh, I thought it was perfect. You know, with the synthesizers, mm-hmm. and uh, she just did a great. And uh, of course, she has a new version out now, mm-hmm. uh, which is great. And I just ran into Tiffany yesterday. <laughs> yesterday, of course, I knew her from before. You know, and I and I. Uh, so anyway, I just was delighted to see her and. Uh, Delighted that she's got this record out at the exact moment I have this record out. So, you know, what can I say? And, of course, the last time in 87 she had it out at the exact moment that Billy Idol had Moni Moni out. Yes. <laughs> and they went up you know, like they were holding hands. And uh, so this is uh, quite ironic, really. It, it's almost kismet going on there. Your approach to these, to these songs, when did you go, all right, I got some ideas, I'm going to hit... Well, whatever was a studio or home. I mean, how did that whole process generate into what became Alive? Sure. Well, we started out, actually, it was going to be an acoustic album. And, uh, you know, that didn't last too long because we got (laughs) into the album and realized there's no way we can do all this music with acoustic guitars. And so uh, we just started doing, you know, it was a, a project that's been like two years in the making because we were just all over the place. We'd write a song over here, we'd do something different over there. And then uh, I wanted to do these remakes. Um, we did a remake of Dragon the Line, which is actually going to be out as a single mm. off the album. And uh, uh, we did it with a, you know, there's a, there's a rap in it by uh, Tone Z, who did a great job. Um, and it just, uh, all I can say is that, uh, these are snapshots of songs that I've wanted to do for a long time. And, uh, we finally got a chance to do them and we just threw them out there. What is the oldest song of yours that is, that is never been released, never been recorded before that is included on this album? Oh, wow. I'd have to say, let me think for a second. Uh, well, it would have to be. I think we're alone now. 
Okay. From 1960, we, I originally recorded it in 66. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, 53-year-old song. We also put uh, I'm Alive on from the Crimson and Clover album. We did a remake of that. Um, so, yeah, it would have to be I Think We're Alone Now from 1966, recorded in 66, released uh, over the Christmas holidays. Cool. Tone Z is on this album a few times yeah. over. How did you get hooked up with him? Uh, Tone has been a friend of mine for a while, and uh, he was also a friend of our marketing, uh, our marketing uh, uh, guy who does, uh, does our label. Um, and I, he introduced me to him, and I, we just hit it right off. He's smart. He's got a, uh, you know, he he's really clever with the raps. He can put something together in ten minutes, just blow your mind. Um, and he's really hip with social media and uh, just you know everything that's going on now. And so I dug the <laughs> dug the guy, and uh, he's not really a kid, you know. He's he's a little bit older, but he's. Um, uh, just an amazing talent, and uh, we just hit it off right away. Yeah, and he, he meshes really well in some of the songs. I noticed also on, on that one, Dragging the Line, I saw, did I see correct, uh, Steve Van Zant credited on that song? Right. Stevie played uh, guitar. Nice. And did a great solo. And you know, he, He's a wild man with guitar solos. Uh-huh. And uh, then uh, we did a, we did a, a remake of uh, the Rolling Stones, uh, The Last Time. And uh, Tone was on, uh, was in on that too. So, uh, you know, we're like I say, we're just all over the place with this. That album. that last. It's called Alive, by the way. And it's and, uh, and uh, it's out everywhere. And the, and stream it too. That's how I've been listening to it on Spotify, and it's it's definitely an enjoyable listen. I would encourage anyone to listen to it if they get, get the chance. So much. Absolutely, the last song on the album, and this tie segues right towards the movie. Sure, it's one hell of a ride, and I'm listening to it and I go, all right, this is this is definitely about me, myself, or see me, the mob, and the music. And <laughs> okay, so how did that particular? I mean, was. What, how did you decide to do that song kind of tie in with the theme of the movie? What, like, which came first? How did sure. that come about? Basically, the, uh, 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 the song you're referring to, uh, One Hell of a Ride, it was originally written when it was going to be a Broadway show first. You know, when we finished the book uh, a few years back, Me, the Mob, and the Music, um, which is an autobiography, and, and a lot, about two thirds of it devoted to uh, our crazy relationship at Roulette Records, um, which really was a, a front for the Genovese crime family in New York, and that was the story, of course. And uh, it was originally going to be a, a Broadway show first. Uh, but then they decided to do the movie first. We got bombarded with offers as soon as the book came out uh, for the movie and for the Broadway rights. And so the plan is to do the movie first and then afterwards uh, to do the musical. And uh, it's going to be basically, the movie's going to be directed uh, by Kathleen, Kathleen Marshall, who is an incredible director, and she also uh, made her bones on Broadway. So she's going to also be doing the Broadway version. So th- this song, me, uh, uh, One Hell of a Ride, was originally going to be in the Broadway show. Okay. It's going to be the theme song for the Broadway show. 
and um, uh, so that's going to that got pushed back a little bit till the movie came out. So I I thought it'd be a great shot to just put it on the album, and uh, <clears throat> you know make it part of uh, everything we're do everything else we're doing now. So. That's really how that came about. Little little contorted story there, but the truth is that uh, uh, that is going to be very closely associated with the movie, and it probably will be in the movie in some way. So, how is the uh, describe the process of how the book is being adapted into? Well, let's go with the movie here because that's what we're going to see first in the next what two years sure. or so. Yes, I think. indeed, between eighteen months and two years. Yes. Yeah. How does that well, how does that work? Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I'm getting a, a hell of an education watching all this come together because I've never done this before either. Mm-hmm. And uh basically, um uh, the movie is going to be sort of a little more in-depth version of the book. Uh Barbara Defina is producing the movie. She produced Goodfellas and Casino and uh oh, The Color of Money. Uh, she uh, uh, did Hugo a couple of years ago with Martin Scorsese also. And uh, so uh, she's producing the movie, and she's really uh, an amazing producer, pulling it all together. And then <clears throat> the screenplay uh, has been done by Matthew Stone, and he's another great talent. And uh, But he, you know, you, you, take, you, don't, you don't do it exactly like the book, which is sort of a straight line. You sort of, you know, make it a little more exciting. He's starting out, uh, the screenplay starts out with when we were in, uh, uh, in another part of the book, we were in uh, Nashville. And uh, so you're, you're, you're asking yourself, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> and then there's a flashback to uh, when the story starts. And uh, so it's a very interesting script, and uh, I think the people are going to like it. It's, and, of course, our director is Kathleen Marshall, who's just a, she's a genius. At the risk of already revealing what you're going to see in the movie, considering you still want everyone to watch in two years, is what you said, it's going more in-depth from the book. What's, yes. like, one of the scenes or one of the details that wasn't really as much dis- delved into in the book that we're going to see in the movie? Sure. Well, basically, the story is, a, is about my relationship with Morris Levy, who was the head of Roulette Records and was also, uh, you know, how can I say it, a mobster. <laughs> I didn't know how else to say it. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and, you know, the, both the scary moments and sometimes the, uh, the more, I don't know, you could say heartwarming uh, moments because the truth is that if it hadn't been for Morris Levy and these guys up at Roulette, there wouldn't be a Tommy James. And uh, of course, doing business was a disaster, you know, because mm-hmm. crime doesn't pay. Uh-huh. <laughs> we yeah. do know that. Okay. All right, exactly. And uh, so it's this. Uh, I, there, there's a, uh, several stories about, uh, um, you know, just how really how capable these people were of violence and, um, uh, you know, things they did and that we were up there and sort of had to look the other way uh, mm-hmm. when we would see things. That's something so, uh, you know, that's, that's going to be in the film, no doubt about it. Oh, boy. And, uh, you know, things that I, I we're probably going to recreate uh, at least two of the recordings.
recording sessions. Maybe Crimson and Clover really recreate the recording session where the record was made and do it accurately. One of the one of the toughest things to do is to get everything completely accurate. You know, the equipment in the studio, uh, the the things we were using. Uh, you can't have something from 1968 that wasn't invented until 1980 you know you can't right. have a piece of equipment that's not authentic and also you know it's it's funny how there's so many movies made about the 60s that and and very few of them get it right you know because they're really not everybody walked around with long hair and a headband right you know what I mean? yeah <laughs> a lot of people had short hair even in 1969 it happened yeah, yeah. so um uh, you know, so we're, we're we're paying great attention to detail, and uh, that's especially true as we recreate the recording sessions. That may, that perked me up when you mentioned the recording sessions. Definitely want to check that out when it comes out in the next what? Yeah, one and a half to two years. Now, this past summer again we've been going through all the things that are happening with you this summer and then there was apollo 11's 50th anniversary yeah at the ronald reagan presidential library the apollo yes indeed well buzz aldrin actually himself called up and asked us to to do uh the 50th anniversary which was uh you say at the at the reagan library in simi valley california and uh we did it, and uh, it was really great. I had met Buzz at the uh, New Jersey Hall of Fame a uh, year, year before when he was inducted into the Hall of Fame, and I was in the, the year before. And so we had a nice conversation, and uh, he liked it. You know, at, that, at, that, at, at the Hall of Fame, I, I did an acoustic set, and uh, he liked that. So he asked if I'd bring my acoustic guitar, and I brought my guitar player, and the two of us did acoustic versions of Crimson and Clover and Crystal Blue and, you know, a couple of others. And um, so that was a lot of fun, and I got a chance to meet some very interesting people from NASA and uh, the other astronauts, and it was just really a wonderful night. I was going to say that seems fascinating. The astronauts who were there, people who others who walked on the moon, like Charlie Duke and, and the like. And you know what these guys pulled off with technology? You got more technology in your cell phone than they had uh, in the lunar landing module. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, what these guys pulled off in 1969, 50 years ago, was just unbelievable. Absolutely true. It's something I, I've been eating it up all summer long with everything Apollo 11 related, and it's it's awe-inspiring that there were only X number of men who stepped on the moon, and Buzz right. Aldrin was one of them, and you got to be there at that, that event with them at the library. Right. Just a, a wonderful, wonderful night. It's a historic night, because we're not going to have these guys around for too long. Yeah. You know, yeah. Some of them have passed on already. Exactly. It, these are, I mean, the guts it took to do that. Right. I mean, when you when you really get it down to street level, and and you you, you realize that, you know, I told him I said this is ninety percent courage and ten percent crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I said, and he laughed, and I, I said, this is unbelievable what you guys did. It's absolutely it's it it's it. it, it it's an incredible achievement to think about going after all these years. One more question for you, and it has to do with going. 
for sure. all these years, and that's your voice. And I'll be I'll be honest. And the first time I I heard your new music, and I'm listening to this, I'm going, wait a minute, that Tommy James today? How old are you? I'm looking at your age, but like his voice is really good. And there are a lot of artists. I mean, age happens, and when you're singing in pop and rock music, the vocal cords get worn. It, it happens. Well, thank you so much. That's a very nice thing yeah. for you to say. Really how is. how do you keep your voice in the shape? Well, I've been very lucky. You know, I gave up smoking and drinking uh, a long time ago, about 35 years ago. And uh, it really has made a difference. Uh, You you don't realize how how much smoking, uh, what it does to you over the the years. Not only do you add 10 years, 15 years to your life, but it just suddenly I had another two octaves of vocal range I never had before. Huh. Fascinating. So it really is amazing. And by the way, we're on Sirius XM radio every every Sunday. So you're talking every week in addition to performing, too. You That's really right. got to use your voice. <clears throat> so we're on every Sunday, by the way, on our Getting Together show, every Sunday uh, from 5 to 8 Eastern time. Thanks for letting me get the plug in. <laughs> it's worth listening to, absolutely. Well, Tommy, thank you so much for taking some time to chat with us. And again, Monday, August 26th, for anyone listening here in the Upper Midwest, uh, Tommy James and the Shondells and the Happy Together Tour 2019 at the Minnesota State Fair. Have you ever been, I know one more question here, have you ever been to the Minnesota State Fair before? I haven't. I, I've heard a lot about You know, it's one of the big, big fairs in the country. Yes, I go over from here in Wisconsin just an hour and a half drive away. I go there every year. I've already been there once, and I'm going back again later next week as well. Uh, I, I would say one or two things to do, but you ask someone, and everyone will have a different thing. There's a lot. So if you get a chance to take it in, take it in. It's totally worth it. It's very Thank awesome. Thank you so much. Hey, Luke, it's been great talking with you. Fun chat there with Tommy James and, again, Minnesota State Fair August 26th, the only time Tommy James and the Shondells will be on the same bill as the Happy Together Tour 2019. The latter including Chuck Negron, formerly of Three Dog Night, Gary Puckett and the Union Gap, the Buckinghams, the Classics Four, and the Cow Sills. And again, if you happen to be listening to this before the show and you're going to the show, it'll be the Happy Together Tour 2019 performing first and then Tommy James and the Shondells, 7 p.m. Monday, August 26th at the Great Minnesota Get-Together. The Minnesota State Fair. Again, listen to his new album, Alive. Came out on June 7th. You can stream it. There are many ways you can listen to it, and there are instructions on the many ways you can listen to the album by going to TommyJames.com. TommyJames.com. You can also find Tommy James and the Shondells on Facebook. And again, the book, Me, the Mob, and the Music, came out several years ago. The movie adaptation will be coming in the next 18 months to two years. This has been the latest edition of Got Time for a Quick Story, the podcast, which you can listen to. Well, you're listening to it right now if you're listening to it, and you can subscribe to it via Apple, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, whichever platform you use. Make sure you subscribe to it so you get new episodes, have have all sorts coming at any varying time. It's not on a regular schedule, so you never know when a new one's going to come. So subscribe so you know when those new episodes arrive and rate the podcast as well. And as always, thanks to Greatest Hits 98.1 Radio in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, in that area for a my employer, of course, for providing the studio to conduct these interviews. You can listen to these interviews, a lot of these interviews that you hear on this podcast. You can also hear at greatesthits981.com. Go to interviews. That's another way you can listen to many of these interviews. Got time for a quick story? I'm Luke Anthony.